I don't know if you remember this, Tony, but um, out of the last first edition Starlek, for some reason, somebody wanted Peel to sign something. He he signed Sweeney's copy of Knights of the Hollow Hill for some reason, and no nobody knows why. At the end of the podcast, before we leave the room, there'll be an orderly queue for you to get your copy of Knights of the Hollow Hill signed by Peel. We'll give him a sharpie. He'll ask you what your name is, shake your hand, say it's a pleasure. His name is Craven. He likes white ravens, and he will always use them to reduce your gold. His name is Dave, he cancels saves, he likes to make the opposition have bad days. His name is Tom, he plays for fun, and if you beat him then he'll punch you in the face. It's the UK's fantastic podcast. This episode's the worst, so it's probably the last. With unopposed to claim banter, it's banter behind the throne. Hello and welcome back to Banter Behind the Throne. This is episode 99, one away from the big 100. I'm your host for today, Dave Bamford, and I'm joined by my regular host, Tony Makos. Say hello, Tony. Hello. Hello. 99. Yeah. Wonderful. Sadly, Mr. Peel cannot be here with us today. He has to work in his place. We have the wonderful Matt Slade. Say hello, Matt. Hello, Matt. Ah, lovely. How are you guys doing? All right, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Thank you very much. Matt, you are, you are today are the, the Cadbury's Flake in our episode 99. <laughs> rather than just our, our bland vanilla mess that tony and i make yeah 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 i mean you don't go on you don't go to an ice cream van and get a 98 do you or a 91 or an 83 it's a 99 you go for and of course it is the best ice cream you can get exactly yeah and you today are our flake brilliant yeah yeah we'll leave peel's soggy uh <laughs> he's the soggy arse end of the cone. <laughs> oh poor guy Okay, so uh, today this is our this is very much our pre-nationals episode. Um, we did wonder whether we were had got the numbering wrong, and we were going to run into episode one hundred in uh, at nationals and realise that it wasn't actually episode one hundred because we had recorded a load of episodes. Luckily, life got in the way, and we haven't recorded one in six weeks, so that worked out quite well, didn't it, Tony? It turned out almost perfect <laughs> because there was literally room for between now and. Nationals is room for this episode. There's room for 99, that's it. And I thought we were going to have to do the hilarious 99A or 99B or 99C. Or I think the way the way I was considering doing it was just if we ended up recording a bunch of episodes, just calling them all 99. <laughs> so it would be for three weeks, for, for three episodes in a row, they would just be called episode 99. Then we would do episode 100. And then the next episode after that would be like 104. And we just pretend that nothing happened. You know, as it is, none of this numerical shenanigans need to take place after all. It's almost perfect that uh, the 10th of May, well, it's recording on the 10th of May, uh, and in three weeks we'll do episode 100. Yeah. Three weeks, is that right? Yeah, yeah three weeks. That. Uh, and it's yeah. a little bit when a plan comes together. <laughs> and it's, it's great, and it's almost, it was perfectly, perfectly prophesized and planned. Uh, it almost worked out the other way, though, in recent week, because we've tried to record three or four times this week and it hasn't happened for various reasons. Uh, and, there were, and Tony's going on holiday soon. So there was a chance that I was going to have to edit 99 together as a clip show. 
Um, <laughs> and I didn't want to do that because it was a bore lake. But I did find myself listening to an old episode the other day. And I was like, well, if we do do a clip show, there's a bit. That's one of 98 episodes I've been through to get the best bits. <laughs> There's a few minutes of it. Yeah. Well I, I, well, I guess luckily I could probably just get like 45 minutes worth of chat and then just put Stannis the musical at the end. And just see it and fuck you, have that again. I mean, the highlights of Stannis the musical. Yeah, yeah. all of it, yeah. I mean, just do what they do on Taylor, right? We just do a repeat. <laughs> Here's episode six. Yeah, episode 99 was previously broadcast. In 2017, uh, and was previously known as episode 12. <laughs> you just put the whole of episode 12 and say, yeah, it was a repeat, it was a repeat this week. A time travel episode. Yeah, they used to do it me all the time. You know, you tune into it, you tune in for a TV show and go, ah, oh, I can't wait for the new one tonight. Ah, oh, they're showing a repeat for some reason. You know, they cancelled this one because something happened in the news that they couldn't, um, whatever reason, it's a fucking repeat. And yeah, you can't really do that with the podcast. It seems as you. I see, but I see podcasts do do it. They do a kind of, oh, here, here's an episode that we released a couple of years ago and we're going to release it again. I never see the point of doing that because you can just go and grab the episode that came out a couple of years ago anyway. It's already, it's hosted in the same place. Do you know I, what I, mean? I completely agree, Tony. I think you're completely right. We could have, you know, we could have even put a bland one out. Like, uh, yeah. just, just, just deliberately choose one which is like really bland, like a chapter pack review. And it's just to talk to us, you know, particularly the taking the black chapter pack of you because it's only peel out of us that's still on it. So <laughs> I wasn't there. You weren't there, obviously. So. <laughs> was it really Craven and Peel? It was Craven, Peel and Bambi, I think. Uh, it was while I was at work. Oh, so wow. that's just one that popped into mind. It's like, yeah, let them deal with it. <laughs> Here's a flashback. The other thing, I would be interested to hear their thoughts on Face Stuff Rack and the Merchant Prince. Yeah. Uh, well, I tell you what, Matt. Uh, <laughs> have a listen and let us know what you think. Literally next to the Merchant Prince, I wrote the text "meh." Full stop. Next. Full stop. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So, what the fuck are you playing at? You could pump him and make a, a Voltron Merchant Prince deck. If you do that, you're a moron. This <laughs> could sell carpets. It's terrible, <laughs> isn't it? It's not great. Vest off rack. Two horses going at it. Just no. Yeah, I can't see where you'd want to take up space in your deck for this card. The only way I think this could be possibly useful is if Valor was reprinted and you played it on a Valor turn and they had a bodyguard on someone and you had an attachment on one of your guys and then you could get rid of your attachment and get rid of the bodyguard if your plot triggered first. I think this is just bollocks. I agree. Uh, okay, so what we're actually going to talk about this week, as opposed to just reminiscing about bad episodes, um, is, <laughs> yeah, fuck you guys, is uh, is t- talk about Nationals, uh, and then we'll reminisce about the last few weeks, talk about what we've been playing. So I've played four different houses at tournaments recently. Four. Four. Um, and had a great time with almost all of them. So that's been really fun. Uh, and then we'll kind of talk about what, like, you know, what the meta's going to be like going forward. Going into nationals, what should you bring to nationals if you don't want to be uh, boring? You know, take an interesting house. What if you want to just win? What should you take? I know what Slade's going to take already. Like, I don't he, probably not a great person to bring on for this episode, but uh, <laughs> 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 and Toby's not playing. But you might get some insights into what I might play. Oh, he says, as he should probably get Justin filling up so he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, there we go. How many store championships did you make, Slade? 
Ooh, no, test me. I made definitely at least four. Aldershot, Darksphere, Warbore, and maybe another one somewhere. Uh, Finchley, perhaps. Old Magic Madhouse. Near to London. Magic Madhouse, yeah. Because over the last few months, I've played Barris Sun, which I think was right after our last episode, because I seem to remember talking to you about Barris Sun on the post-cast part, Tony. I I sent you a deck list that I had played at uh, the store champ, the Edinburgh store champ that I went to, um, a Barris Sun, which I thoroughly enjoyed playing, did a lot better than it should have done, didn't win you know, the tournament or anything, but did a solid 3-2 and should have gone 4-1 if it wasn't for the fact that I was rusty as hell. Uh, I subsequently, uh, <laughs> so I, I know you then played, you know, you, you then probably played a kind of, uh, your own, kind of, your own uh, version of Barrison, but subsequently discovered that about three or four weeks later, Hanno won a store championship with a very, very similar deck. Um, not that he knew my deck or anything like that, but it was more a case, it's more a case of, I looked at his deck list and went, ah, oh, so you can store champ with using these cards. <laughs> Lingering Venom is great. Yeah, I noticed that because I wasn't convinced by the Lingering Venom and uh, mm. and he said it was great as well, so maybe I was wrong. Yeah, did the job for me as well. It's just he's a better player than I. <laughs> Certainly I am. So. How did you go with the Barrison? You did all right. Uh, I went 3-2 with Barrison at the uh, at the Dark Sphere Waterloo Masters, apparently. Um which, which I was pretty happy with. Uh, I, I won against a Stark Fealty, but that was a friend of mine who, it was his first tournament, so that didn't go, you know, that was a relatively straightforward game. Then I batted Dan Williams, who's a shit player. Uh, he was playing Stark as well. Uh, then I got beaten by Herdman, because he, uh, Doran's gamed his way to victory, which wasn't really fair, I didn't think. Um, <laughs> uh, then, uh, Ty- uh, then Calvin played Tyrell, and he just green cards his way to victory, which wasn't fair either. Um, and then I batted Ollie, who was shit as well. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like as 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 I think mine was. That's that sounds like you got away with fucking. To be honest. No, so uh, so it was a it was a good the games I won. I won fairly convincingly. Like I fucked Dan off because I flipped the king plot at the right time. And just like he, there's no coming back basically. Uh, and against Ollie, uh, I can't remember the specifics, but something happened turn one that went incredibly badly for him. I think it involved taking control of his. Uh, so he was playing Greyjoy Stag, and I took his Fickle Bannerman, and that kind of ruined him basically going forward. I wanted to stop whatever he was trying to do, take his Fickle Bannerman, and then go for it. Um, but uh, yeah, my, my losses were much more frustrating because one I couldn't do anything about it, and one was really really close. Uh, but Matt went on to win the tournament, so I don't, I don't, I'm kind of just rambling about matchups here because uh, it shows how unprepared I am. And it was so long ago, 48 days. But Barrison Sun was really fun to play. I thought wasn't it, was. it just? It just it seems to kind of it's like an anti big boy deck. And at the time, you know, six seven weeks ago, whenever it was, it was. I mean, it was kind of an anti-Sea of Blood deck, right? That's that's how I put it together. All the plots were, you know, stall plots. Uh, I ran fortified position in mine, you know, uh, which was uh, which was great fun. 
uh, as always is, if you mean to play it, uh, <laughs> my position and you will, uh, you know, uh, Valor, uh, Valor D, I think, I think I had Valor D in mind, the riddle. Um, uh, I ran on Uneasy Truce, which was, you know, with mixed results. Uh, it stalled for another, uh, <clears throat> you know, it stalled for another round. But it was all good for like, because if you, you you either play in line, maybe a Sea of Blood type deck, which you've got answers to, or perhaps you're playing against Wash deck, and that's that's your answer there. So mm. it seems like a good choice. It was it, it, it was okay, you know, um, but it was all I didn't have a character more than of, of more than a four cost, right? I think I had two Conti Pen Roses in the deck, and that was it. Everything else was dirt cheap, Fickle Bannerman and Desert Raiders and all that kind of stuff. It was. Uh, it was it was tricksy and you know the standard kind of Barra theme the name of the king you know two or three proposed position you know just kind of cancelled blah 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 uh, but the lingering venoms were oh, king grey and uh, what was the other thing that worked out really well things like you know the, it was a, there's a big location kind of package in it there's like 22 locations in it and it's kind of like a fury a, a hellhole a couple of flea bottoms or you know a chamber or the painted table just and some of them might come out some of them won't but it, it yeah it was fun to play and it kind of held its it held its own against most of the big boy decks which were happening back then um so yeah i quite enjoyed it um it's just annoying when you then you, you know you look up uh you know uh, a few weeks later and go ah so somebody somebody figured out how to use that deck properly <laughs> seven games in a row with it but, that's yeah. uh yeah that's not the version I played. I played the version with Bob and Stannis, which was, yeah, a lot bigger characters. Um, Bob, Stannis, Courtney Penrose. Let's get some power. Let's win some power challenges. Lovely stuff. Um, I really, really wanted to use Secret Pact to give someone renown so I could stand them with Courtney Penrose. Not Courtney Penrose. Um, yeah. What's his name? Uh, Justin Massey. And it, I just, yep. it just didn't come off all day. And that was just heartbreaking. That was that's all I wanted to do. I had one secret back in the yeah. deck. It was great. It was because uh, it's ambushable. It's, uh, it's yeah. fantastic. It's good fury. So. It's fantastic with fury. Yeah, uh, furies is such a such a good card, um, and it's even good without Stannis. So that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's a great. It's, Imagine what fury does. Um, fury is the one where basically it gives Stannis intimidate if he's on the board. Um, but otherwise, that that's kind of that's by the by. Uh, you want a power challenge, Neil Fury? Uh, pick a character or a location, and move a power from that card to your hand card. So you basically nick renown off people, or put you know give them renown when they didn't expect it with secret pack, and then immediately nick it. Um, Very good with the uh, Istafan, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's grand, yeah, yeah. Desert Raider, so it gets around the kind of you know the negative bit of the Desert Raider. Um, yeah, I'm coughing all over the shop today. Really, to use this cough button. Um, how did how did you get on at the uh, this is this? So I've, I found out how I'm going to frame my tournament reports into the main uh, the main thrust of the episode, which is nationals, which I'll uh, I'll get to at the end of the tournament. Uh, but uh, <laughs> how did you do at that tournament? Can you remember, Matt? Um, so, yeah, I've just looked at my results, the four tournaments I played in. Um, so the first one, I came ninth with Targaryen Crossing. Second store championship, it was ninth with Targaryen Cohort. 
the third was ninth with Tiger and Fealty, and then the fourth was second um, in the Alder Shuffle, where I kind of uh, cheated a little bit by saying I'll do the Alder Shuffle, where you get a random action agenda, but my faction wasn't random. Um, and this was the the Waterloo yes. tournament you referred yes, to. I am, yeah. Yeah, so as I came ninth, I think uh, I just missed out on the cut. The <laughs> <laughs> cut's top four, yeah. <laughs> Which was a recurring trend. Um, I was playing Tiger and Fealty, and I feel like I was probably playing the more janky version with uh, the Stormborn Daenerys, where you're just trying to maybe uh, do positive attachments, Mother of Dragons, uh, Misa, just try and tool her up. But if you don't see her, maybe see Cal Drogo, tool him up. And uh, it was with Breaking Ties as my restricted card. Wow. Uh, so the Free X, Jiqui, Duia, Viserys. And uh, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise in some of the games. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I lost to David Comerford playing a Stark Sun. Can't really remember that game as it's a while ago. I beat a Stark Fealty deck, but that was your your mate Dave, who that was like his second ever game. Of third, third at this point, because I gave him a practice game on the uh, on the Thursday, and then he came along. Yeah, lost lost to me, then lost to you. <laughs> and then I played Dan Williams, who's playing Stark Reigns. I think he's playing a, a little bit of a jankier version of his Stark deck, and I managed to win that one. Um, I can't really remember these games. Oh, I remember this one. Uh, Kevin Richardson, who was playing Martel Faith. And this is one of the games where you pull ahead, but then because you're playing Martel, they pull back. And with the Faith Militant Agenda, um, he was really abusing that, uh, clawing that power back, um, and also using the um, fans as well. I remember that, you know, getting that power back uh, after after he's brought those characters back in play. Um, and then I also beat uh, Ashley, who's playing Barrel Wars, um, so I think with Stark, generally like bad matchups against Stark, and nowadays uh, some of the new Barrow decks, if they're not Neil focused and they've got some of the bigger guys and a lot of like power, power gain uh, triggers, I tend to st- struggle no matter what kind of Targaryen I'm playing. And what do you think of the new Stannis? I seem to remember you having this, mentioning him at this tournament. Seven strength. And he's immune to events. <laughs> so even if you wanted to burn him, uh, it'd be pretty tricky anyhow because he's seven strength. So yeah, he seems pretty good. I mean, he's got insight. Well, sort of. Conditional yeah. insight. But also arguably better than insight. So because you can trigger it multiple times a phase where he's not participating. And uh, if you've got two claim plot, he draws two claim, two cards. So. Oh yeah, it's card it's, it's card yeah. claim, right? Yeah. So he's pretty sweet. He, he seems really good, but of course there's another Stannis that is decent, and occasionally you see uh, the original Stannis as well. So he's kind of got that problem with a lot of these cards of uh, having a name that's already out there. Yeah. Are you are you just trying to encourage people to play the seven cost Stannis that reduces other people's strength in power challenges? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, play him, play him. <laughs> I see your game. 
Like your guy isn't five strength, he's uh, four strength. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and they've always got a key though, so it's normally only your characters that are uh, that have their strength. Well, it's it's non kings. It's not if you have a king. It's it's non kings in power challenges. So everyone who isn't Stannis and Bob gets. Uh, I'm that I've missed this in a game previously. I miss it all the time. It's so frustrating when you attack with yeah. the uh, Dragonstone faithful. And you're just like, oh, he's oh, yeah. strength. Shit. Um, okay, and here's here's the the tying together theme of the tournament reports is Matt Herdman won this tournament with Martel Wars to come. Do you think you need to keep that in mind for nationals? Not just Matt Herdman specifically, but do you think? Uh, you should keep him in a lot of nationals, obviously. But do you think Martel Wars to come will will be a popular deck? Do you think you need to tech for it? Do you think that's the, where it is in the meta? Is it in a good place? I think the problem with teching for Martel is, for example, like it's not just Martel Wars, but it's almost any Martel. You know, do you put? Um, is it Journey to Goldtown? Journey Off to Goldtown. Goldtown. Yeah, the event that gives you um, all three icons. I mean, that's your anti-Martel um, card, but it's only really effective against one one faction. Uh, so I do feel like Martel will will make a presence, but it, it probably won't be an eighth of the field. I think like the Martel players, most of them are very loyal, and people who don't really play Martel don't really want to play Martel because uh, a little bit too tricksy, especially for nationals, maybe. That's very true. So, so I know that um, I think... Uh, so Costa's picked up a couple of uh, store champs, obviously two, three. I can't remember if he made the hat trick or not, uh, and I can't remember how many of them he played Martel Wars at. He certainly won at least one of them, uh, and I think there was a fair bit of decent Martel Wars kind of going about up, up the store champs up north of the border as well. So because we finally got new cards, right, for the first time in fucking five months or something like that, I was. Just going through some cards, not on the computer. Not see that's the sound of cards. Here you go, proper <laughs> cards. I've got cards out on everything. And having a look, kind of going. Sound. Yeah, I'm having a look, kind of going. Oh right, okay. So I've got two packs here. Has Martel got anything like crazy new and powerful that that will make them, you know, uh, even more of a kind of what to be reckoned with the nationals? And I'm looking at the Martel cards, thinking, nah, not really. The Fowler twins are quite amusing, mm. I guess, but. If Martel Wars to come is was good, is it still like a couple of packs later by the time we hit nationals? Is it still something to be worried about? I, I don't really know. I've not played enough to kind of know. I know it's pretty good, but the main problem with the deck is it's slow. It's Martel, of course it's slow. So if you want to do well with that deck, and you're the Martel player, you need to play fast. You need to because uh, your opponent's gonna be struggling. You need to take some icons. Um, you're still in power you're doing your attrition stuff and your your opponent's going to have a lot of decisions so you've got to be really fast and I feel like um, if you can make the cut you've got an excellent chance of going through the cut um, but yeah you've got to be uh, aware of, of winning games in 55 minutes but is there is, is there a is there a specific Martyr Wars build that you know you need to be aware of with something like wars, where the advantage of wars is that you have more cards, right? You have ten blocks, uh, and you can't use any other restricted card because, you know, the, the the agenda is restricted. What's the what's the big build that the big Martel wars build that everyone's like playing and is and everyone should be worried about that? It's just Doran's game, right? 
Is it? Yeah. Uh, this is, I'm asking. I'm not asking because yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. are arguing genuinely like, well, you know, what what have I done? What have I missed? What's this fucking shit? Hot Smart Town Wars build that, that people are playing and people should be worried about. And it's, it, it comes down to Doran's game, does it? Yeah, it's just the same as it was previously. Right, okay. Love its win conditions, so it can win through attrition as well. I feel, you know, you build up your hand, you reset, your attrition, you stall your opponent because they can't do any challenges because they don't have any icons. Yeah, so we're looking at icon removal, core viper, that kind of thing. No vipers. No vipers at all. Don't be so silly, Tony. Have you ever played Martel? Fucking hell, fucking hell. man. God, really? Yeah. What's changed, dude? What's changed? <laughs> Pots Viper. Why did the Viper bad become bad? Jesus. <laughs> He's restricted also. Core Viper is restricted. So uh, dude, he definitely can't yeah, play him. Of course, he is. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, but no Bastard Viper either. Okay. Uh, no, that makes sense. Now, he, he can be good, but... Uh, yeah, not, not, not a war deck, no. He's a, he's a Martel Cahor. Uh, Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> As we all know. <laughs> now, uh, I've got a, uh, I've got a copy of the Fowler Twins in front of me, Tony. I was just admiring as you were you talking about that because I've got the the new pack, and yep. uh, I thought you'd enjoy them because it's it's two companions that are yeah. twins for the, the price, price of one. Of one. Yeah. <laughs> what a card! And, and we all know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh god. That's a that's a card I'm disappointed there's a limit on. For, Could for you imagine terrible. if there wasn't? <laughs> <laughs> you, then that, then that. That's, that's, that's doing the intrigue, and I think that one, will, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Because you don't have to kneel the Fowler Twins. Oh, imagine kneeling the Fowler Twins. Oh, and then, sorry. This is, <laughs> this, is going, this is going in a terrible, terrible direction. I'm worried the Fowler Twins will become a euphemism for lots and lots of things. <laughs> I'm delighted that they are counted as one companion. <laughs> oh god okay sure. so I was going to say Dave with yeah. um, at the gates does that make Martel even better because people are just kind of opening that turn one and then the real game starts turn two it's a six, still a six gold plot like it's not that much slower than time of plenty was right if you're opening for um, uh, what do we call it location you get yeah but you you normally get either gates of the moon or the grey hall yeah. And they are both six. It's essentially six gold if you can use the full value out of the Great Hall. So I don't think it makes people too much slower. Uh, it just makes Riddle even better. Uh, if you think they're going to makes Dawn game, Dawn's game even better, maybe. Absolutely, because you like to play Riddle in those decks, which is good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't think it really affects Martel too much. Um, I'll tell you what, though, people have been opening at the gates against me. And I've been really happy because that extra gold has really helped me quite a lot in several games. If they want to give me an extra gold from um, Gates of the Moon, you crack on. I don't think out the gates is as good as everyone's saying it is. And yeah, friends, friends get Gates of the Moon. Enemies get Great Hall. <laughs> so people know if they're playing against you what you think of them, depending on what you go and search for. Absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic. Sometimes I'll search for Dragon Gates there, so I don't know what that says about me. Don't you just, don't you just open Reigns of Autumn? Uh, you can if you like, Tony. If you're going for achievements in the charity joust, you might. Yeah, if they get the uh, Tywin, Chud, uh, Rose Road set up, go for it. 
<laughs> if only I had a sideboard that I could sideboard in after setup, and I'll be then it'll be all over, all over Rain Select War. a selection of five different plots, which are <laughs> normally quite terrible. <laughs> yeah, and I only use this against Tyrell and Lannister, and only in very certain games. But it's wonderful. All right, so that's uh, that's the the Darksphere Waterloo Masters. Uh, the next tournament I went to was the Older Shot Store Championship, and you've already mentioned you played a uh, Targaryen House of the Red Door, which was a bit cheeky. Uh, you've got a lot of blue W's next to your name in this. Uh, yes, yeah, seven. Don't you? Seven. Not quite good enough, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. See, you could have, you could do it with seven blue W's. That's what Joe had, but yours are in the wrong order. Yeah, unfortunately so. You need to make sure the last one is a blue W and not a red L. Bear that in mind for nationals. That that is the best adv- that's the best advice I can give you. If, you're, if your last one's a W, you're in good stead. It's the only W that matters. Yeah. <laughs> the last one. Well, the that... previous three tournaments, I always finished with a W to get me that sweet ninth place. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> um, how did you How did you find that? So Targaryen has the Red Door, right? This was one of the best decks in the meta like a year ago. Because you were playing Marine, right? I was playing Marine. I I tried to build something fun and janky. Uh, originally, I was trying um, Skahazadan, but I just really, I just really didn't like it without um, Marine and Histar, which I had the option of uh, a few months ago. And then I, I was going for Exodia, and then half Exodia, and I was just like, I'll just go Marine and I'll. I'll, I'll try hard this tournament. <laughs> What's half Exodia? Uh, it's where you've got three locations. Really? Okay. Okay. So uh, the regional I won last year, I did half Exodia, uh, which was Marine, Plaza Punishment, and uh, Skahazadan. And I just uh, let my opponent randomly choose my location to start with. And uh, I had, uh, I think, two copies of Call Danny and one copy of Queen Danny. And uh, a mixture of other cards, and it just seemed to work on the day. <laughs> it was very much just, well, what have I got today? Let's just make make it happen. It was wonderful to watch. It was horrible to play against. Uh. <laughs> I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced the, of the half Exodia thing, right? Apart from the fact that uh, that that it destroys the entire Exodia metaphor, but let's not worry about that. Um, if you've got what three locations that you're asking an opponent to pick, then you're you're right. Then you're going to be relatively comfortable with any of those three because there's only three, right? So uh, which which it was in the broken times meta where you, you couldn't choose a non-roll location because everyone was playing breaking ties. There was in the very first time Mage played Exodia, only one of the six was a bad card, and even okay. then it, it was it was Cersei's Chambers, so it was Economy, but it was the worst of them. All the others were like it was what the Manda, the Iron Throne, the Landsport Tawny Grounds, the Manda, no, not the Manda. Uh, I just said that twice. Uh, anyway, they were all um like they were all cards that you could just play in regular Lancer decks. And he just made it, and he made it worse by only having one of each of these cards. Yeah, I always thought that half of the point of, a, of an Exodia deck is that you're being cocky as fuck. 
Right? <laughs> yeah. You're putting six locations out and going, I don't care what you fucking pick, I'm going to manage with any of them. Even though the possibility, even though there's a very good chance that half of those six could be shit, but you're being still being really cocky anyway. So one out of six is still like the variability on you having a terrible game because of the random guard that they've picked is much higher than one out of three, where you're kind of like, ah, you could you could have tested the shit out of three different House of the Red Door decks. It's difficult to test the shit out of six of them. I'm just, I guess, I'm just saying that um, that you go. You go full Exodia, or you don't go Exodia at all, Matt. That's a lesson you should learn right there. <laughs> That's a good lesson, Tony. How yeah. about Exodia, the Prince that was promised deck? What, you mean uh, a location instead of a character, or...? Exactly. You, you mean the location that... About six characters at the start of the game, and you let your opponent choose your Prince. Oh, right, that, yeah. That's a fantastic idea. <laughs> That's a great idea, yeah. Well, for that, but I still, I think you need at least five or six of them. I think... You know, having if you give your opponent like three choices, or I mean, they're not choices; they're random. The deck isn't that variable, and the fun of Exodia is that it could be complete. Even though all, as as you say, Dave, you know, in the, the old Lanny first ed decks, yeah, those are all good locations, but they still change the deck significantly from you know, from uh, f- from one game to another. But the idea of putting five or six kind of big big boys down on the table and going, okay, this is a Barrow Exodia deck. Is it going to be Stannis? Is it going to be Mel? Is it going to be Bob? Is it going to be fucking Davos? Is it, you know, that, that's great. Yeah, but the variability is huge. So I think it's, it's, it's I think it's all or nothing. Otherwise, because I think the cockiness of it is part of it. And again, that's because Mitch came up with it, the cocky prick. There's a very good chance that the Sunday of the next weekend there will now be Exodia Prince that was promised, I think. Now you've mentioned that. Because... That's a that's a really good idea, and I'm very much looking forward to building that. You've got all these one-off unique characters which are suitable for the prince, but really you should be running more of. Fantastic, well into that. Oh yeah, because you can only have one as well. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that part of the Exodia rules? Yeah, I didn't yeah. realise that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the, the idea of running a prince of his promised day but only putting one of those characters. In. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't need, you don't need to dupe him because he'll. Uh, you just, kill him you just kill yeah, him and get him back. back. Fine. But the fact the fact there's only one in your deck, it <laughs> means if someone manages to pin one of them to the table <laughs> somehow, and you cannot get rid of it, then you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> or you just find another one, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Sounds great fun. Great fun. <clears throat> so, yeah. Uh, do you think there'll be much Targaryen House of the Red Door at Nationals, as that was a very popular deck last year? And uh, you've made a good showing with it this year. Yeah, I think with Targaryen, I think there's three themes, Burn, Sea of Blood, and Voltron. Um, people generally ignore the Voltron element. And uh, I think people generally agree that Greyjoy, Sea of Blood, that and Targ, Sea of Blood. So that does really leave Targaryen Burn as probably the Targaryen deck. And uh, I feel like you can play Red Door or Filthy. Um, like drawing those cards every turn, unless you're playing against Stark. Um, or Greyjoy, maybe, with uh, Wade and Valice. Um But yeah, it, it's just amazing, really. You know, and uh, I think the game I lost against Joe... Um, you got a decision. Your decision is: do you use it in marshalling, or do you use it in uh, uh, the challenges phase? And uh, I got two of those decisions wrong. 
and I don't know that that might have uh, in the final just just cost me that little bit of tempo, which uh, mm-hmm. I, mean, I was a little bit more behind than a, than I would have been when I played him in, in uh, Swiss, um, where it went to my favour. So I think yeah, it is a good deck, but I mean the meta's changed a little bit since then. Two more chapter packs have come out, uh, but you get the economy now. So with at the at the gates, like say Dave, that's six gold plus more gold in subsequent rounds. You're probably getting gates to the moon there. You got economy and draw. Could be win win. Let's hope. Uh, hey, let's be thankful that there isn't a uh, seven seven strength Stannis immune to events uh, in the meta. <laughs> Very true, very true. So, uh, while we're on the topic of uh, Targaryen Burn, I played Knights of the Hollow Hill last night, for the first time in second edition, and I had a great time. I want to hear all about this. So, I went 2-2 in, like, you know, games at Darksphere, uh, and both losses were relatively close. I was on more than 10 power. Um, one of them, I, we think that, you know, if it had gone to time, I'd have probably won. The other one was against a Stark deck that closed out with Skagos and Fat Cat. So, you know, if we got to challenges, I could probably started finished burning things uh, and got somewhere. But we'll see. Um, but yeah, I Targ can get over the early tempo issues of Knights of the Hollow Hell really easily because it's got uh, Kotho and Masande and uh, great flea bottom targets. Uh, it also allows you to run lower gold plots like you would like to in Targ, but you don't have to rely on drawing lots of economy. So I ran five two-gold plots. Uh, five? No, four. Four two-gold plots. Can, can you work out my plot deck between you? Yeah, go on. At least one, if not two, counting coppers. There's two I counting think. coppers. Yeah, Valon Magulis. as well, yes. Okay, so that's, so that's three. And you said you have four two-gold plots, yeah. so the other one would be the thingy, the Bernie Blood of the Dragon. Yes. Yeah. So that's okay. four. What are my other three plots? You know the three plots? Uh, when do you die? Nope. Not much to all? Yep. Yeah, of course, at least, yeah. The other riddle? Uh, sorry, riddle? Riddle indeed, yep. Yeah. Oh, oh nice. That leaves one, right? It does. Another Valor? Yeah, it was the other Valor. What's the other Valor? Oh, yeah. oh, always run two resets, mate. Well, I don't always, but I do like two resets. And how many viruses did you run? None. So what? it was only two. Was only two. Varus is Varus is so fragile at the moment. Like with Vince running around, I can't afford to pay six gold. Like I can't. I don't even have six gold. Like in actual gold on a lot of turns, because um, I only have five <laughs> from my plot, my agenda. Uh, so unless I have one of my three Slavers Bay ports, um, then I can't afford the Varus. What about like Last of the Giants Varus? Well, you know, what else is? New- what else is good that's lost the Giants of all that I can play? Like, um, Jacken maybe, but... Like, Mike that's the just... fucking Mike. Yeah, we yeah, have Targ, yeah, maybe, I don't know. But then, like, the thing about the Targ is that a lot of them require Targ cards to do things, like Consuming Flames and Kotho and stuff, so running non-Targ cards is bad. I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir, Matt, and you, you appreciate that just as much as yeah. I do, but, yeah, like, if I was playing um, Another House, Varus, all, all day, but um, Martel especially, but yeah, I I can't. I have one neutral character, and that's old Bill Bone, uh, and I can't afford to 
run more neutral characters to get value out of Last of the Giants. I don't have enough draw to um, to be able to just draw the two together anyway. Uh, just, like you know, previously when I've been playing them, I had like Dawn or Secret Schemes or something. The double coppers is good, but I was still running out of cards. Um, yeah, but it it went well, we pretty well. A, you win or you die in that deck, don't you? Mm, you could do, but the one reserve is still sad. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> my dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it is it is mitigated by the fact that you've got. I mean, that, that's fully bottom and other ravens, but. Yeah, you true. get to keep that one good card. That, that is very true. That is very true. Um, it's kind of fascinating. I've been because I've been staring, <coughs> kind of going, okay, you know, it's it's a first ed agenda. It's a first ed agenda that doesn't doesn't necessarily have the cards in second ed to make it as good as it was in first ed. And I'm curious. I'm curious to see people trying to kind of rebuild first ed Hollow Hill decks with second ed cards. So that sounds like you've kind of, you've you've done a bit of that with with this right in that Tarkal Hill should be burn attrition burn fucking burn 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 whiteboard continue whiteboard continue now you don't have influence you don't have bleeds um, you don't have as many resets as you had the opportunity to have in first in, in first rate. and shadows is, shadows isn't quite as fully formed at the moment as it was you know obviously through first ed even though it was a different beast in first ed as to when you could bring things out of shadows so i'm curious to see where the kind of target level deck goes and I'm, cu- I'm curious to kind of hear about what you put in your you know you know your first attempt to kind of do a burn hollow hill deck again so i've just sent you the list in the mm. skype chat so you yeah, I heard yep. yeah uh well the key things were um I needed the tempo tar cards that would allow me to come out the gates swinging. Um, so that's Masande, Kotho, uh, yeah, Masande, Kotho, uh, Aegon, Second Sons, Flea Bottom, basically. I've uh, opted for Flea Bottom over Marine for the same reason, basically, as Matt said, in that if you choose incorrectly on which phase to do Marine, it can wreck your entire round and possibly your entire game. Like it, it can be a big swing for you just mistriggering one of your cards, which I don't like. You don't have the outlets of uh, Hisdar and Queensguard that just mitigate the fact that it, if you don't get the right card, it doesn't matter because you can still use your cards for stuff. Um, and in a deck like this, which keeps so much gold for challenges, if you, you, know, you can't plan your turn properly, if you only know half of the information. So you might think, right, I've got these cards, so I'm Marine now. And you're like, right, well, I want to play this card because I don't want to waste it. But um, then I'll have no gold to use my events. And I'll... So it's hard to plan your turn properly, even more than it would be in a normal like House of Dreams Marine. Uh, because so much of it resolves around like yeah, burn events and stuff. Uh, I didn't want his star because, well, he's expensive and he, you, know, you need extra economy on a lot of these turns to actually... Um, uh, to actually use him, you don't have the card advantage that you do. You're at a card disadvantage to begin with because you don't have setup, um, and obviously you don't have flea bottom to take advantage of the cards that you bend. So I figured flea bottom was the best thing to do. Also, big power icons for one gold is good. So that's what I've always said anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, like a good deck. You've got ten neutrals. Yeah, so obviously people can't see it, but there's an old Bill Bone because Sea of Blood, and because Shadows are good in this kind of deck uh, with all those resets. I'm enjoying your two tourney grounds in that. 
Uh, Tawny Grounds is a non-limited economy card, which doesn't produce gold. So that's quite important here. Uh, it wasn't great, but I only drew one in four games. So it's not a lot of information to go on. Um, Do you know what else is a good non-limited economy card in Targaryen? What's that? Renee's Markets. Not Renee's. in Knights of the Hollow Hill, it's not. Ah, oh, damn. <laughs> That's why you've got Isle of Ravens in as well. Yep, yep, yep. absolutely. Like, what's going on with this deck? <laughs> <laughs> I thought about these things, Matt. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. So the other, the other neutrals, Flea Bottom, Isle of Ravens. Uh, the Iron Bank will have its due. Is really, really useful in this deck, especially okay. with uh, two Valors. And uh, Hand's Judgment is Hand's Judgment. It's great against Sea of Blood. It's really important against No Surprises. Now that's in the meta. Uh, and it pushes the burn events through. So all in all, that's a good card. Uh, and then there's the standard, you know, I've got Ambushy stuff. I've got uh, Unexpected Return and Waking the Dragon for and Fire of Blood for people out of nowhere. And then I've got three burn events because burn is good. <coughs> um, I think that there is a version of this deck or a version of Targaryen Knights of the Hill which runs all the Blood Riders and Blood of My Blood. And that would won uh, First Snow of Winter as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. Snow used to be a, a, a Hollow Hill kind of staple as well. Yeah, and playing Hollow Hill without First Snow of Winter was weird, but it's the right decision in this deck, I think. Uh, you could probably change Riddle for it, or maybe Valda Harris, um, and try that, and just play this as is, because there is quite a lot of Ambush, uh, Flea Bottom, um, Shadows... That kind of thing that gets round uh, first nerve winter, and somebody did flip it against me, and it worked more in my favour than theirs because of Kotho and Masande. Uh But I didn't feel like in, you know in first edition that was the first card that went into a into a Knights of the Hollow Hill deck. It, I had to make a conscious decision to leave it out here. Mm. Um, yeah, so it was it was really interesting and it was it was pretty fun to play. I it, it felt it felt good to play no room no room by decree obviously so we can't nothing to punish the size of a hand or 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 anything yeah sadly yeah that's the other reason that you know you need two coppers for you know for your hand size because we because we don't have maraxes anymore no we don't maraxes we don't have again well we didn't have it for long but we don't have the prince's plan from first death where you were just recycling four of your events back into your hand all the time having a hand of like 21 cards and stuff yeah uh but now you can't so coppers is kind of like yeah i I opened coppers in all but one game where i opened march um and it felt it felt fine mostly uh this is as i said to matt earlier i don't know if you heard that because you were moving rooms but um at the gates was great all day with this deck because other people were opening it and getting gates of the moon and giving me an extra gold. And when you have six gold on your first turn... Your friends. Six, <laughs> six gold and 12 cards is considerably better than five gold and 12 cards. That extra gold is really, really important. <laughs> so uh, a point of advice for everybody, if you're playing against Knights of the Old Hill, do not go and get that Gates of the Moon. Because that gold is just going to... It's, it's much more important to them. Because they... Although they have the stable economy, they're probably going to be running some quite you know, like gold-intensive things. And giving them that extra boost turn one is not what you want to do. So bear that in mind. But I recommend you try it out because it was a fun little deck. And I'm going to keep it built and I'll be fiddling with it over the next few days. This is the slight changes I made this morning because I only had two second suns the first time around. 
Uh, I didn't realise I only had two second sons until I tried to search for them with Aegon. <laughs> and there were two in my discard pile and, and one not, it, not in my deck. Um, and that, and that cost me... With Aegon. And, you look yeah. card and it's not in your deck and you're like, that's not right. Where yeah. is it? And uh, it's in your binder. <laughs> it wasn't even in my binder, it was just in a pile on my table. Um, but that was particularly bad because I really needed that six strength power icon to like prevent power challenge, renown, all this nonsense. Um, and that's one of the things that cost me one of the games. So, yeah, that third second sun's very important. So one of the things that Targ doesn't have yet, and I say yet because it's bound to happen, it, and again, it didn't first hit, is, is a shadow burn, shadow based burn, right? There the, the, the was a lot of, I mean, aside from the aside from the dragon pit and things like that, and, and, and there, were, there were things that came out of shadows and reduced the strength of other players' characters, that kind of thing. And they were, you know, your um, again the, the uh, horrible kind of house of painy kind of hollow deck, hollow hill second deck, uh, deck will be a, you know, will be realistic to be able to put together. But this because this, I'm looking at your deck. Let's kind of go on. Aside from the Hollow Hill stuff, it's still pretty conventional Targ stuff, right? It doesn't it doesn't do much different apart from having you know apart from having to re-manage, manage its economy differently and having a stupid number of events, um, but it not not like twice as many as events as a normal Targ deck. We we haven't got to really really interesting Hollow Hill decks yet. We're still at that kind of halfway stage of kind of going, okay, what second ed, what what second ed cards have we got that, that that work with it? What direction do I think we can go? There's going to be fucking really unpleasant shadow jumpers, dragon knights, and fucking whatever that one that removed attachment from the fucking first head and stuff. Like dragon that. thief, yeah. Um, the the nature of the nature of Targaryens like core base in second edition is obviously quite different. The fact that you need to run dragons to play Dracarys, for instance, means that you are kind of there's always this core of Rhaegal and Viserion that you need to run just to be able to play your cards. Um, and so that makes it look quite different. Now, I've got a... I could definitely cut characters in favour of other things here. So the Freedmen will be cut for um, Astapor, uh, okay. I think. Uh, and Jorah could probably go as well. He wasn't... I didn't play him all day. He was he's just claim soak basically. Um, so you could probably play around with that, maybe for the third flea bottom, just make that a bit more consistent. So you could definitely go down a bit on the characters and up on the interesting things for a bit better mm. control. Uh, but yeah, just the nature of second edition's character base and curves and all that thing mean that it will it's always quite different. And the fact that Targaryen is no longer the ambush house. It has some ambush and put into play effects, yeah. but it used to all... I don't know if you're aware, Matt, but ambush was a Targaryen-only keyword. So... Was Mira Reed not... Shadows. She's shadows. Oh, ambush. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah shadows is everyone, but uh, the house Targaryen keyword was was ambush. So there was a big pool of ambush characters to draw on, which made Targaryen Hollow Hill really good because you yeah. really get value out of that influence. And that's why you only really saw Hollow Hill out of Targaryen and Martell because Targaryen had the ambush characters that could leverage it, and Martell had the uh, events that could leverage it. Like uh, Vengeance for Elia was an influence event, stuff like that. Um, yeah, so that's my my little run through of uh, playing Burn for the first time in quite a few months, which was a pretty nice. great experience. Actually, I really enjoyed it, so I'd definitely recommend you uh, you have a go with that, Matt. I'll give it a go, thank you. So yeah, um, I'm going to kind of uh, whistle top whistle stop tour through the next few 
tournaments because they're not quite so interesting as to what I played. But at, um, at Aldershot, I played Whammer's uh, Tyrell Shadows deck, which was really interesting. I enjoyed playing Political Disaster. The change to the dupe rules mean that the Arbor and Red Rhine Straits are even better than they already were. Oh, yeah. So good now, isn't it, for the yeah. Arbor? Because they were always good, but that just... Yeah, it was just slightly too risky against... Uh, um, like Greyjoy and stuff. If you, especially with the Sea of Blood in the meta, you had to not be, you couldn't play a limited card if you want to protect your assets. But now, um, yeah, just being able to juke the Arbor is is really really strong. Uh, and I had a good time with that because there was lots of lovely tricks, and uh, it was nice to play a a Tyrell deck for the first time in quite a long time. And Joe Zimmer won that tournament with Martel Fealty. Uh, I that was that Doran's game deck. Yeah, I think it was more attrition to be honest. You may have had one copy of Dawn's game or two, um, like an alternate win condition, but it, it was certainly very attrition-y. Um, trying to kind of get the lock in, you know, on plot five, where you've you've got all your answers, you, you, you've got the gold, you've got the cards, you can bounce cards in, you can take icons, you, you can just control from that point on. And your opponent's draw has run out, your opponent's characters have run out, etc., um, so the next uh, the next tournament in my in my big list of tournaments was uh, the Manchester Store Championship, uh, which was the first day of the weekender. And uh, Tony disappeared, so this is a good uh, opportunity to say how much he was missed for not coming to the weekender this year. And no Scotsman at all, which was quite heartbreaking. Sweeney won that with Stark Lord of the Crossing, which is definitely a deck that you need to keep in mind. Not just Lord of the Crossing, but all Stark decks in general. They're not quite top of the meta because it's still probably Greyjoy, but... Um, yeah, they've got a lot of um, non-kneeling tech now, haven't they? So you can fire off those three uh, three challenges quite quite easily. Absolutely, uh, and I think this was before Alassane came out. Possibly even before she came out, they were a great house. So does Stark, Lord of the Crossing, does it run the um, House Tully module, or is it better off just running Stark good stuff with a bit of uh, with a little bit of I don't know, polish for uh, for the crossing agenda. I think it's just start good stuff still. I think you go up on, you run extra like Arya's, Alisane's, Sansa's, um, the event, I am no one, to get off the uh, multiple challenges with one Vicon or Tricon. But other than that, it's just start good stuff all the way. Get lots of power. With Wyman, it makes it so easy to do multiple challenges and it mitigates the traditional downside of Stark, which is no intro. No intro icons, so yeah, that's just as good as it's been the last uh, the last year or so. Yeah, and of course, Mira's got a stealth on an intrigue icon, which is pretty handy too. I played uh, Greyjoy's Sun that day, which is uh, the Dragon God deck that Florian built. So I can imagine you've seen that over the uh, over the past few months, which is pretty strong, uh, as you might imagine. It's it's kind of anti Sea of Blood in that it runs Desert Raider and um, Imprisoned. Uh, and Bastard Daughters and stuff. Uh, but it's also just Desert Raider gives you an extra opportunity to get triggers on the uh, Drowned Disciples as they come into play. Um, it's an extra way to close even quicker, uh, which is worth the trade-off in not having just Greyjoy cards and getting wars or whatever. Um, that was pretty fun. Uh, the three games I won were pretty comfortable, generally, despite getting navelled in one of them on my late summer feast. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> I, 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 it, I get, you, you know who navelled me, right, Tony? I know who navelled you because it's only one. Dick, yeah, I know who navelled you. I won't speak his name. Yeah, and uh, over lunch, I was like, oh, I've got I've got Ben Cotton in the next round, and people was like, he's ah. gonna navel you. I was like, I know he's gonna navel me. Uh, he always navels. And then I, just, I was just like, I even said to him, I was just like, are you going to navel turn money? He's like, well, I might do. And I was like, I just play late on the feast anyway. And he navelled me and I was like, oh, sad. <laughs> I was, that was mostly your fault then. It was, it was mostly my fault. Um, but it's fine. I, I turned it around. Uh, there were no plots. I didn't have any plots that were good if they were navelled. Does that make sense? Like I could have wasted a trade routes. Yeah, I could have wasted trade routes and got like three gold. Um, or I could and have... really stupid if uh, your opponent doesn't open naval. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is worth right. Exactly. Um, and, uh, and and the other option was um, you win or you die, where I would have had the gold, but I would have binned all my cards to reserve. Now, that's always risky 10-1. Now, in retrospect, that would have been the right play, because in the draw phase, I got a Nagas Ribs. Uh, so I could have I could have flipped that Nagas ribbed and then looked really clever when I just dropped my entire hand into my dead pile. Uh, but I didn't know that at the beginning of the phase. Um, yeah, if there's a deck that does that, that's uh, <coughs> it's that one, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that could have gone either way. Uh, but I won that one. The two games I lost were the first two rounds, where uh, I think between them I saw, I think it was about five characters in the first like two rounds on each game. Uh, and I just got battered. It was awful. I drew like eight limited cards in each game, like in the first um, two rounds. It was horrendous. So, happy at first. Oh look, I'm duping the Arthur. Yeah, yeah, my Greyjoy deck. Fantastic. And that that was all great. Uh, and then it was just horrible, horrible times. Um, so that was the Saturday of the weekender. It was a wonderful, uh, wonderful, wonderful time. Um, the Sunday of the weekender was even better. And I can't prove this to you because it's not on Jousting Pavilion. But I won a tournament. Yeah, yeah, I won a tournament. It's been a first time for everything in a long time. Rowan won the Golf Shirt Memorial Award for Weekendlands, which was impressive. But I won a I won a tournament with Tyrell Conclave. Uh, and uh, honestly, guys, it's my favourite deck of like the last year and a half. I reckon. Really? Yeah, I played four games of that Hollow Hill deck yesterday. And then I played with the Tyrell deck, and I was like, this is the best thing ever. It's so much fun. And I battered uh, Ed, like, 15-0, which I felt quite harsh about. But <laughs> I was like, this is so that fun. <laughs> I, and I'm really trying hard to find a deck that's better. Well, I, I can find a deck that's better. I can just play Greyjoy. But a deck that's better that, do, that means people can play Greyjoy. Um, and I don't have to play Stark, so I don't take this to Nationals. But there is a good chance I'll play Tyrell Conclave the Nationals, because... It's just so much fun. So, uh, are you in the uh, UK-wide Thrones chat, Matt? I am, yes. Yeah. I don't know if you read Josh's commentary as he was commentating on this. Uh... Okay, I've, I've got it up, so I'll, I'll commentate the final to you, and you can, uh, you can react to it. So it was Wedge and I, Tyrell Conclave versus Tyrell Seas of Blood. Dave sets up House Maester, Courtier, Rose Road, and Marketplace. Wedge sets up Mace, Sat, and Marketplace. Dave opened Time of Plenty. Wedge opens Harvest. Wedge picks Dave for Harvest. (laughs) Good call. (laughs) Yeah. Dave plays duped Randy and looks at his cards in hand a lot before playing Steve the Septon. Wedge barges and does not look happy. He plays a vineyard and he triggers it. 
Wedge plays Hot Brienne and unthematically marshals the wrong Valyrian steel blade onto her. Dave looks at his hold and laments the good setup cards in it before declaring intrigue with the housemaster and Steve. His hold. <laughs> yeah, my, my hold, yeah. <laughs> Wedge, Wedge defends with Mace, does a trigger, sings a bit, and markets Mace. Oh, and Wedge played a flea bottom, that might matter. Yeah. Dave markets Steve, but does he stand him? No, he doesn't. Triggers the conclave, pisses around with cards. He pulls a market for claim. Dave triggers Steve and pauses and passes. Sorry. Wedge does a military challenge with Brienne and triggers Heartsbane and Courtier. Dave defends with Randy. No sea of blood trigger. Dave takes Dom. They decide. They take ages deciding what to pitch to tax. See how to turn one. Dave hates turn two. Dave finally pitches an Arbor Queen. Wedge pitches Core March. Dave Valderheris's Wedge flips the Song of Summer. Quite an early Val de Harris. Mace goes yeah. to the bottom of the deck. Oh, and the courtier died on military claim. Wedge goes first and plays snap with Brienne. Wedge triggers the vineyard. Wedge marshals Hopper and triggers him. Wedge gets another dupe for Brienne, but will he play it? Yes. Wedge passes with two gold. Dave counts six, marshals a card to shadows, and illegally puts a shadows token on it. The judge tells him to take it off and Dave sasses him. Auto DQ? The judge gives Dave a warning and Dave takes the token off. Wex asks if the VM stands for very murky. Does it? <laughs> I don't think so, but we don't know. Why is there a VM on uh, on the Shadows tokens? Who knows? Maybe it's upside down. <laughs> WN? <laughs> yeah, could be. Dave marshals Steve the Septon and Wendermere passes with zero gold. Wedge initiates a military challenge with Brienne. Wedge puts a dice on Brienne for some reason. Did Wammer ask about hand size? Hmm. Dave Steves, allowing him to bring Bill out of shadows, triggers Bill. Wedge plays ride on Brienne. Dave opposes with Bill, takes Bill for claim. Wedge intimidates Randy. Wedge initiates a power challenge. Unopposed, trigger Brienne, intimidate Wendermere, pass. Dave does an entry challenge with the housemaster. Wedge Fleabottom's Marge and defends and wins. Dave rides Randy and stands him. Does a mill with him, triggering the market and standing again. Marge dies for claim. Randy does an unopposed power. Pushed on. Wedge five. Dave five. Pushed on. (laughs) Wedge flips close call against Dave's Holtman plot. Wedge is first, moves Marge, draws. Wedge marshals another ravens. Sorry, uh, Wedge marshals another market and loves ravens. Passes with two gold. Dave counts seven and shockingly spends it all on one card. Shit, Renly. <laughs> Wedge initiates a military challenge with Brienne. Dave counts imaginary strength boosts. Defends with Randy, boosting strength with the market and stands him. When I woke, dang. Hey. Yeah. Ooh. So uh, it actually, I did actually defend with Renly as well, and Renly was when I worked. So that's not very clear from the commentary. But yeah, that was a, a quite a shocking event. Wow, yeah. dang. Power with Hobber. Dave is unlikely to conclave this turn. Defends with Housemaster. Dave conclaves. <laughs> Dave doesn't unoppose military with Randy. And he claimed to Brienne you, apparently. Dave political disasters not realising that Wedge's pleasure barge will stick around for free. (laughs) 
Wedge flips time of plenty. Wedge marshals a vineyard and triggers both of them. Marshals Mark, an old town, passes one gold. Dave looks at his cards a lot. Wex asks what the shitty store champs logo means. Where has <laughs> Rowan gone? Dave marshals Garland with no bestow and old town. Military with Brienne and Hobber. Triggers Heartbane and Courtier. Rowan is here. Dave lets it go unopposed. Put to the torch on the marketplace. Triggers Sea of Blood. That was the wrong order. Don't worry, let him off. <laughs> gets, <laughs> gets the other put. Puts Renly's ghost. I think he means Garland. Triggers Brienne. House Maester for claim. Dave picks up and reads Time of Plenty. Yeah. <laughs> I was checking what plots he had in his use pile for uh, pulling the strings. <laughs> Unopposed intro with Mark. Trigger into Emissary. Emissary on ride. Garth for claim. Wedge old towns into Mark. Lucky break. Power with Brienne. Pure luck-based gambit. Garland is still alive. I missed something, I guess. What he missed <laughs> was when Garland was put to the sword, obviously the only reason I let the military challenge through was because I had a healing expertise in hand. So I saved Garland with my maester and killed the maester for claim. Dave wins an unopposed with Wendy and conclaves, and then Dave old towns into hot mace. Such variants. Military with Randy, and then Wabba asks, what are the power to- totals now? And the answer is Wedge 8, Dave 15. Oh, Dave's 1. <laughs> and it was very much just like, I'll make a challenge. Then Wedge goes, oh, so you win. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what happens. So uh, I hope that was a good uh, a good summary of the final of the Stockton Store Championship. It was very, very informative. Almost too informative. Almost. Well, well done. Hello, everyone. It's Tony here. I'm interrupting Dave's many, many stories about his many, many decks he's been playing for the many, many last few months uh, to give you a couple of bits of information that I forgot to tell you about when we were recording episode 99. So two things. One is we forgot to mention Varberg Morgulis, which is the Swedish Road to Salic event, which has changed dates this year, which is, of course, the reason that the reason we forgot to tell you all about it. Normally, we don't have to tell you about these things until August. But this year, they've moved Varberg to June, so it doesn't clash with so many other things. Uh, Varberg Morgulis will now be taking place uh, the 7th of June, which is the weekend after UK Nationals. Uh, so it doesn't clash with anything particularly important, apart from my sister's birthday, but they weren't to know that, were they? Uh, June the 7th to June the 9th in Varberg in Sweden. I believe you fly to Gothenburg, and it's like an hour outside Gothenburg, whatever. Swedish Meta are lovely. The Swedish event is fantastic. The bar- the prizes that they give out are fantastic as well. All the Swedish guys are uh, magic. All the Nordic guys, all the Scandinavian lot are top-notch. I'm sure a lot of you have met them before. A lot of you might even be listening. Uh, I hope I'm uh, doing uh, not doing you at the service uh, with this uh, terrible promo. But um, we thought we had to mention it um, because it's a Road to Stalic event. So, you know, we've got to keep track of these things. And the next one after that will, of course, be the Battle of Blackwater Bay in uh, London in July. Sneak in a little plug for that. But Varberg, June the 7th to June the 9th, right after uh, UK Nationals, go and have a great time and uh, tell us all about it when you come back. Speaking of telling us all about it, the other thing I wanted to say was we may have mentioned once or twice that we're doing a live show at the UK Games Expo uh, on the 31st of May to celebrate our 100th episode. 
If you would like to send us a message, an audio message, a video message of any kind, send us a dick pic, send us a picture of your you with a stupid hat on, send us a message telling us that we're the worst podcast you've ever listened to in your life, tell us how much you hate that Scottish guy, tell us how much Peel means to you, tell us how much you miss the guy from Essex, tell us anything you like, but send it in a message to us before the 31st of May. And we'll play it to the live audience and we'll have a bit of a reminisce and we'll probably slag you off a little bit. But it would be good to hear you. It would be good to see you. It's good to get feedback. It's good to pad out the live show. Uh, not that we need to pad out the live show. We've got plenty of things <coughs> that we're going to be doing, obviously. But um, it would be delightful to hear from you uh, because this wouldn't still be going if it wasn't for people that listen to it. So, yeah, let us know. Send a message to... Like a direct message to our Facebook feed or send a message to me or to Dave or whatever. And it can be as private as you like, uh, but it might well be shown to other people at the, at the live show at the Expo. So it'd be great to hear from you. Right, that's me. I will now return you to Dave's phenomenally interesting stories about his Conclave deck. Thank you, thank you. It's, uh, it, was a wonderful, um, it was a wonderful tournament. I had a great time. And uh, yeah, Tyrell Conclave is a, is a wonderful deck, and I'm sure I'll speak about it at length at another date uh, when I've. Are you contemplating it for nationals? Is there anything in the recent pack that's going to make it better? Or? No, it's just really fun. Mm. And uh, there, there is a chance I play it for nationals. It's do I find something that is better and still fun? You need to wait for a special episode before you start talking about Tyrell Conclave again. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a special episode coming up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> 100, eh? Yeah, I did say that uh, after Christmas we would talk about Conclave in an episode. Today's not that day. But, yeah, I've spoken about it briefly as well. The key thing about um, Tyrell Conclave is that Old Town makes it amazing. Um, because you can, well, you draw whatever you like and get power. Um, but you can also stack your deck for Mark Mullendore, uh and get, like, Renly's for free and stuff. And you can do it with general. So yeah, you can do it with general Tyrell cards. Like you can do it with um, uh, Bear of the Maiden Fair and the Six Cost Mace and that kind of thing. But it's more fun to do it with Conclave. Um, and like all good Conclave decks, when it comes down to it, if you accidentally put all your Maesters in the hold, then that means you're not going to draw any Maesters and you'll just be drawing good stuff in a smaller deck. So then you just win games that way. And the only real issue is when. Um, Either all your economies under the conclave, and you don't draw any maesters, or um, when you only draw small characters because you have so many of them, and then you just get aggroed to shit. But yeah, uh, in that tournament, I got a how many was it? How many rounds did I play? So I had my John Burko tokens, so I was counting my victories in terms of uh, John Burkos, as you do. As you do. Yeah, and I. Uh, I got 74 out of a possible 75 John Burkos that day. So, uh, yeah, my one loss was to Wex, and I, I lost on 14, so I was quite happy with that. So, yeah, that was the weekend. It was amazing. Uh, I want to talk about the Magic Madhouse one very briefly, because I played Mill again, because uh, I thought that Mill would be really good again. I played it out of Greyjoy this time with Banner Lion, um, because uh, Vince is important to get rid of Citadel Archivists. Um, mm. And because now they've got... Uh, Firstly, they've got all the Greyjoy cards that they had previously, but they've also got the new Balon, and um, Ash is really good at getting your Vinces and getting your Dragon's Tails and that kind of thing. So it's kind of 
warped into the that's probably the better house for Mill now, even though you lose Tywin. But sadly, I got blown out in two of those games, turn, either turn one or as soon as Sea of Blood got the trigger, it was over. So kind of uh, not not very interesting. I lost to a crossing deck on like to plot seven, which was quite frustrating. Uh, yeah, it was really, really late. We've gone on <laughs> for ages. Yeah, and they, they only had like 10 cards left in their deck, but uh, just not enough. Um and uh, but uh, yeah, and then my two victories, I won on power on time. So I didn't actually mill anyone, <laughs> uh, which was frustrating. One of those, one of those was against Florian, and Florian's really slow, so that's just going to happen. Uh, and the other one was against an alliance deck. Actually, that may not have been on time. I may just have won that on power, but it was against the alliance, and I got that down to like five cards. Um, so it was very close to being milled, and I just won anyway. Um, yeah, the thing about Mill now is that it's got City of Secrets, uh, which forces your opponent to draw, but also you draw as well. So it's just like uh, it's just like Time of Plenty was, except it's an extra card. There's two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if they don't run a City plot, then they filter rather than actually just get pure card advantage. But I don't care about that because just just draw cards, draw cards. Uh, yeah, so that's really interesting. You just care what's being drawn. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that was really so good. one in late summer feast. Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it runs um, at the gates. Two copies of City of Secrets, late summer feast, time of plenty, um, Valamorgulis, and we take Westeros. Yeah. Uh, because obviously stealing their locations is good, but worst comes to worst, you just put a scouting vessel back into play, uh, which is also really good. Why would you play Grigio and not run the team Westeros? Yeah, that, that is also true. Um, <laughs> and especially when you've got like uh, Gregor, you're just like, I'll go first. Oh, Gregor. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you run B1, you run B1, yeah? Uh, yeah, but I only had one copy. Okay. Because I already had three Asher, three Euron, three Gregor. Yeah. So quite a lot of seven clusters. Um, and it's, obviously, because it's a banner, you don't you don't get so much, like, goodness out of the reducers, like, in-house reducers and stuff. Uh, so the economy was a bit tighter than it. It otherwise might be if you were actually planning on running 12 7 costers. Um, What's the in that uh, thingy, the Dragon's Tail? Yeah, I've run Dragon's Tail, yeah. Yeah, but that's that's restricted, right? So, yeah. So that, yeah, that's not just checking what restricted is, because I wondered if you put mines in or something, but obviously you're on Dragon's Tail, it's a fucking mill deck. Yeah, yeah, Dragon's Tail, yeah. Uh, and uh, I didn't get to play it, sadly, but um, I was always hoping that in one game I'll be able to use Asher to go and get the Dragon's Tail to mill. Um, yeah. And I did use her to get it, but I, I didn't get to mill anyone with that precise, you know, that being the last two cards in their deck, because that would have just been so beautiful. Oh, amazing. Um, but, yeah, it was, you know, it's very quick for Asher to be able to search her entire deck, which is, I mean, she does that in a lot of games, but it was really quick in this deck for her to do it. So, yeah, um, I don't know if you've got much to add from Magic Madhouse. I know you you played Targ. Was it any different to... I don't think I went to that one in the end. Oh, did you not? Um, uh, no, you're not there. You're correct. No, I thought you were. Unfortunately, not. Okay. Um, then the last tournament on my uh, on my radar was the Brighton Charity Joust. Do you want to yeah. talk to us a bit about that, Matt? Give us like a little rundown for those who don't know what that is. Yeah, of course. So Joe and Gabby um, they run an annual event, Brighton Charity Joust. This year they run. Uh, they raised 
over 1,500 for Macmillan Cancer. So, you know, great effort by those guys. Um, and yeah, 32 players played. Uh, there's there a quiz and uh, an auction as well. Um, and afterwards on the Saturday night, um, some board games and uh, people call it Smash Nintendo, Nintendo games on the big screen. And drinking because it's held in a pub. Uh, it's held in a thematic uh, king and queen pub, so it's it's quite an old, old house, um, old pub, hundred, two hundred years old. That's kind of been uh, refurbished a couple of times, but it's still got that old house theme um, from years gone by. Um, so it's a great event, and uh, I didn't go ninth this time. I went tenth, so I lost my first and last game. Um, and it was really a bit of a disaster against Callum in my first game. He was playing uh, Bauer, and he's playing like the big dudes and uh, loads of awesome cards. And um, what a great description of a deck! <laughs> yeah, big dudes, awesome cards. Awesome cards. These awesome Bauer cards. Oh my deck! Broken. Um, what he did is he, he did a two-claim two military challenge against me. Um, so I was like, oh, two-claim. I got called Danny out there. I've got some other good cards. But I can't win this, so I get a bodyguard with Gifts of the Widow. But I didn't put it on Danny. I put it on the service uh, or some other shitty lord, maybe Littlefinger. Because I was like, yeah, what's he going to do? And then he says, oh, so I win the military. Uh, put the sword on Danny. I'm like, nah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve that, really, don't you? That's pretty much game. No one but you're there, mate. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's no reason to be clever there, was there? Um, uh, yeah, there's some janky decks, but unfortunately, um, what we did is we, we formed teams of five. So I was I was for King Joffrey, and we were kind of tryharding. There's, there's an achievement route you can go where you, you do all these crazy things and you get points and uh, but from last year I realised it's really difficult to to go for the uh, achievement route so I just like tag in fealty um, I didn't quite have time to build a good deck but, uh, but that's fine uh, I built a fun deck um, and I brought that along um, and I thought I had a good chance if, if there was enough tankiness in the rest of the uh, in the rest of the field and then I played uh, Stefan from Germany. He's playing great Greenside. And uh, he, he had the game, to be honest. And unfortunately uh, f- for him, I just kind of had enough um, power gain in the last turn before he was obviously going to foul it because he had, uh, he'd already triggered Asher a couple of times. He had Iron Mines out. Uh, but I had Jiggery on board and I was able to get Silversteed out. Um, so I was just like, I win a power challenge. I'll discard a card, get a power on Carl Drogo with Jiqui, uh, claim, renown, sacrifice of Steed, do another power challenge. And I, I just kind of accidentally got to 15. And he's like, oh, shit, I was going to fall on next turn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, then I played uh, Paul, who's playing Lancer Alliance. Um, I think I'd had a few beers by then. Uh, I think I was hung over at the start of the. Uh, tournament, so I don't really remember much of that game. Sorry, Paul. Um, 
And then finally, uh, Ryan Wood, Staxia Blood. Uh, he had a bad start, but oh, Staxia Blood, so good. He had Winterfell. So even though he had loads of military chuds, they were all plus one strength. And he was kind of like, he was able to do military challenges, say like 9, 11 strength. And I could only defend by exactly less than five. Um, so it was a little bit annoying, but he knocked me out of the tournament and uh, he went on to win. So, I mean, I think Ryan won last year as well. So no disgrace, especially, uh, especially at that point. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan has taken a, a try-hardy no-fun deck both years and uh, has been rewarded for it. Um, yeah, it was it was quite a good day, uh, or it was a great day, in fact. You do get to choose at the beginning. So there's a list of achievements, as Matt, Matt mentioned. Uh, there's an award for getting the most achievement points. There was a prize for being the team with the most like team achievements as well. Uh, you were sorted by, by King. Uh, obviously, I was on King Stannis' team. There's no way I was going to go if I wasn't on Team Stannis' team. And uh, I decided not to do an achievement-based deck, firstly because Calvin was on our team and he was going to do one really heavily anyway. Uh, but secondly, because last year I actually found it really difficult to keep track of the achievements. Just uh, thinking, oh, actually, during the game I did this, this and this, but now it's too late, so I can't claim them. Because um, the list is quite long. So unless you, you've really studied it, uh, it's quite difficult to keep track. Um, so last year I played... Uh, Martel Watch using uh, seven cost Jon Snow and the Viper, like the Bastard Viper. So I thought, oh, he can get multiple power for doing the challenges, and the Viper can join him and bit of intimidate, get loads of power on him. Lovely. That was shit. Um, this year, <laughs> <laughs> the beauty of uh, yeah, the beauty of the charity joust is that there's most people are playing not top tier decks. They're not necessarily bad, but they've got a twist to them often so you can safely test something that isn't necessarily going to be amazing and then there's some people that are playing just shit decks just because they want the achievements um so there's a lot of kingslayer and like reigns of autumn and that kind of thing running around just because they're bad <clears throat> so i played lannister conclave because i was in a bit of a maestry mood which was basically uh my maesters involved three wendermeers three calliots and three pycelle and the idea was any of them and Sir Pounce and Castly Rock was funny. And that was the entire deck, basically. True, yes. Uh, because Wendermere has stealth, and so lots of challenges with stealth is good. And Pycelle has insight, so lots of challenges with insight is good. And then Calliot just fucks people off if you do three challenges with him. It's like, do you want to block that? Lose an icon, give me a power, let me fiddle with my conclave thing. Uh, yeah, so that was really fun. Um, and then it had it did have some things that fit with Conclave anyway, because uh, Goldmine allows you to draw the card immediately and put the Hound in the bin for Flea Blossom. Um, and uh, my Mind is My Weapon is really good, because it allows you to like, ambush in a, essentially a, uh, a Maester to get the Maester trigger unexpectedly. Or you can put in um, Calliot as a defender and uh, trigger his ability again. That was really fun. <laughs> uh, so that, that deck was pretty good, but it did it was best when it was just Cersei and Castle Rock, so that was kind of sad. <laughs> what, what you needed there, Dave, two things. Big dudes, loads of awesome cards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, like you didn't have any of those things. I, I had I had uh I had some big dudes and some awesome cards, but just not enough. Just not um, enough. Like Tywin did some work. He's he's a good card still. He's a big dude um, and a card. Yeah. 
So uh, I lost to uh, I lost my first round to Jim playing uh, Barrison, Sun, uh, and he I I think I set up Tywin or played in turn one, um, but he was on the board till like the end of the game on turn six, and he hadn't a single renown on him because he was just uh, he either had no icons or he was knelt the entire game. So that was horrendous. Um, so Jim Yeah, exactly. Uh, he gave me a bit of money, but then everything else was no or had no icons anyway, so it didn't matter. Um, but I, in that uh, pie sell with an with a surpounce did absolute work because it was effort to get the second intrigue icon off him. Uh, so yeah, he got um, attainted. Is that the intrigue icon? So that went on in turn one, but I was like, ha! I kept my surpounce back, so it's fine. <laughs> ambush the bounce, do the injury challenges. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'd lost that, so it didn't matter. I then beat Stefan, who was playing Tyrell Alliance, which was a, an achievement deck, so there was really no achievement in beating Stefan in this matchup. It was very much a, a done deal from the moment he sat down. Uh, there was one she moment where I was do it like, as quickly as possible. So yeah. I did, you know, I was like, Stefan, like, I'm going to value you. Is there anything like? Are you still going to get the achievement you've been working so hard to get? If I value, because I'm, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna do it. So like, bear that in mind. He's like, oh, I can get some of the achievement points, but not, not as many as I wouldn't do. So, but I can just cannot suffer that Marge to live. She just needs to die. <laughs> and he's like, oh. <laughs> and telling him this like halfway through the challenge phase is quite fun. <laughs> My question about the challenge is, apart from the fact that I was gutted I couldn't make it, and I was coming until literally about two or three days beforehand <laughs> and then um, life happened and I could make it down is that I heard a lot about achievements, I heard a lot about the quiz uh, I heard a little bit about Ryan that won but the most important thing that I didn't hear about is how did George do Oh, awfully, he definitely came last, right? Yeah yeah, he came last, he went He went 05, it was an absolute disgrace <laughs> Good, just checking just checking, that's, I mean, I he was playing Lannister Conclave, same as me, but his was much worse. George's deck at the end of the tournament. I paid £35 for it. Wow. Yeah, and a wonderful mat. Uh, I did that because I was running the auction, uh, and last year I ran the auction, it was a great success, and I sold uh, Sparrowhawks old cards for like 100 and something quid. Um, and we were really happy, so they asked me to do an auction again because I like to talk and I'm quite loud um, and uh, and I did and we got this so we auctioned the proxies from George's deck for for those who weren't aware um, if you donated to the charity joust you could pick a card for George's deck uh, in order of donations so the first player I think it was one went first and chose Conclave and some other other cards um, forcing him to play Lannister and as it went down you could add more cards I gave him the Japanese sex tower because obviously so, so we auctioned it. Uh, the the pro- he drew a proxy for each one um, yeah. that was given to him. We auctioned that and the mat which Josh drew, which was two stick figures jousting, which is <laughs> spectacular. And I can see it now. Um, and it got up to like thirty one quid or something, and I was just like, oh, well, we can't go for that little. I'll I'll bid on it. I'll bid thirty two, and then everyone just stopped bidding, obviously. <laughs> and I was like, Fuck. I think you actually said, "Please don't let me win this." <laughs> yeah, but that was, that was afterwards. I was like, thirty two, and then everyone stopped. I was just like, "Please don't." I don't want to win this. Someone else bid more. Uh, yeah, so now now I'm a proud owner of um, George's Lannister Conclave deck, uh, or at least the proxies from it, which isn't the entire deck. Uh, it had to be quite an inefficient, like a million cards, because it had to. 
you know, you have to bulk it out to make sure the ratios are right once everyone's given you all this bullshit. And that gives quite big decks. So you definitely lose one of the was advantages. Was it a hundred card play. deck in the end? Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure. It is on Thrones DB. There we go. Bridge of Nightmares, the People's Deck 2019. He says, "Thank you to everyone who donated to the Brighton charity Joust and chose cards that I have to put in this deck. It was utterly dreadful, but it helped to raise a sensational 1,561 pounds for Macmillan Cancer Support. For the 50 cards, 50 plus cards chosen for me, I drew and played a shit handmade proxy. You can see all of those in the Second Ed Community Facebook group." Oh, and I went five zero five by the way, but that hardly matters. And yeah, it was eighty cards exactly. Well it was, done, George. It was truly wank. Um, and I even tried to sweeten the deal by saying like, "Oh, well, these proxies are definitely legal at Blackwater, and I will I will push to allow them to be legal at Starlek." And just still, nobody wanted to buy them. <laughs> yeah. And this is before I this is before I even bid on it. I can't use them. At, I can't use them at Blackwater. Fourth play was definitely the Bridge of Dreams that gave me Wraiths in their midst into You Win or You Die, which raised my opponent's reserve to two. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. (laughs) I like that a lot. That that, that would have been worth it. (laughs) Well well done, George. Hello, George, but well done, George. Uh, My last two games went much better, basically. I, I beat a Free Folk deck, which I was really pleased about, considering... Um, Lannister Conclave has a lot of squishable bodies uh, but a tripped hound on setup really helped um, and so that took a lot of the brunt away uh, and then Amanda Moore out of shadows at a key moment won a military challenge on defence and he's like oh actually hang on a minute and then suddenly the, the comeback starts uh, and yeah I was playing against Hadley and uh, I flipped Valum to Harris and he was like oh I thought you normally play Valum Morgulis in your decks that was a uh, that was quite a shock to see this. All right, fair enough. But yeah, oh no, Valamuglis is coming later. <laughs> this is a like classic two reset deck. <laughs> yeah. So why would you even bother if you don't have at least two ways to remove things from the board? Yeah. Two resets. Yeah. I mean, you've got all that burn, so it's not quite so quite so bad. But uh, certainly, I do like a good reset. Oh yeah. So cheers to um, Gabby and Joe for raising almost sixteen quid. It was an amazing, uh, amazing day. Uh, thanks to uh, George and Wammer for doing the stick them with the pointency end quiz at the end of uh, at the end of the day, which was team based and it was pointless but thrones, which was fantastic. Um, and we got some pointless answers, which we were pretty happy about um, our team, which was good. Uh, sadly, we lost to uh, Team Tyrell. Uh, in the general standings, we uh, we drew with them and then. They won the tiebreaker, and then in the pointless quiz, we came second to them, which was sad. Uh, we thought it was going to be a final, uh, but it wasn't. It was just them going through to a grand final. So that's sad. But it definitely worked a bit harder if we realised that it was not a final. Um, but the uh, the tiebreaking question, Tony, uh, did you do any? Did you do it? Like, did you take part in the questions? Nope, I didn't. Because I was because I was expecting to go, so yeah, uh, okay. I missed out both, on both ends. Okay, so um, the tiebreak one was uh, name an official FFG alt art card. Can you <laughs> think of anything that you might be pointless? An official alt art second end, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Winter Winter. So we went for uh, four to five position, I think. Uh, we were very tempted to go for Stannis because you know Stannis. Uh, but we went for 
um, fortified position as like the rare card in a really old game like kit, and we got like five points or something. Uh, but the uh, the pointless answers were the house cards that were in the intro kits. Oh fuck off! So like house Martel <laughs> and, and that kind world of thing. championship prizes as well. Uh, which world championship prizes were they? That were pointless. Yeah. The- the not house cards also uh, given out in euros and nationals. The double sided ones. Oh no! The the other one was um, the uh, the melee titles. Uh, the old type melee titles were pointless as well. But the thing about the house cards is that not all of them were pointless because stuff like Night's Watch. I've got the spot gloss. Uh, okay. So Night's Watch wasn't pointless, and like Lannister was in the regional kit, so re- that wasn't pointless either. It was only the ones which hadn't had a second release, so Martell and Tyrell and a couple of others. I was like, oh. Fair play to him. That was a that was definitely a good shout. Well deserved on that uh, on that tiebreak. Um, so that takes me to the end of my recent run of uh, tournaments and casual games on a Thursday night. And we kind of covered to an extent what we might expect at uh, nationals because we've talked about Stark. We've talked about um, how I don't want to play Greyjoy because Peel's taken my Greyjoy cards. Talked about a couple of other houses, um, which has kind of covered some of our our meta discussion quite conveniently. Uh, so finish us off for that and kind of lead us into into new avenues of play, play patterns, as you might say. Play patterns, yeah. Um, I think all I was going to say was that now we've been told that the Barra Box will be coming out a little bit late in the UK, uh, a little bit too late to play Nationals. It means that, you know, you could build your National debt now, right? You've got all the courage in you. I don't think that's necessarily a bad call. I don't think if the Battle Box had come out 11 days before Nationals that it, you know, it would have been great that it was if it was valid and everyone was, has 11 days to find out with the with the Battle Box um, I think I prefer it not being valid and also I'm not playing in Nationals I'd put a new Battle card so uh, means that, you get questions how does this card work exactly like, question, mm, questions I've really looked at so yeah <clears throat> kind of okay with that but again, we're in, it's it's that classic. Okay, there's a massive uh, massive event two packs into a cycle where all the themes to be explored in that cycle haven't been fully explored yet. You know, you haven't got all the city plots out yet. You've got a couple of city plots out. Inevitably, these big uh, events happen in the middle of cycles, and so we've only had two packs to the cycle. There's only two packs changed to the decks that you could build during store championship seasons that you guys have been talking about that you've been playing for you know um, for for the last couple of months. So, is there anything overly impactful in these in the in the packs that have come out just now that are going to change the map so much from the store championship season? I think you've got the economy boost, haven't you? And uh, with with the gates, if if you do have a good gate location, you know that extra draw. I've seen it be very useful already. You know, um... yeah, this is it because I haven't been playing much. So far. I'm interested to see if any of these are actually as, as impactful as you hope they are. So the gates are being used, are they? Yeah, when when I played Ryan at the charity joust uh, to qualify for the cut, you know, he had a bad start, um, like one or two characters, but, you know, he, he saw the gates and he was able to use them, draw more cards, get more cards out, uh, get that statured that uh, draws more cards, and, you know, he's able to kind of come back into the game and, and sneak it out. So I feel like, yeah, I mean, golden draw was pretty good. I guess the the kind of key cards that have come out recently probably don't change the meta too much. So we've got the new like Amanda Moore's really good for um, for Lannister. 
And so if you're thinking about Lannister Shadows, that's got better, but is it good enough? Mm, and that's yeah. the question. And, and also the economy's kind of flattened out on that as well, which, which helps. And they've got extra draw from the gate, as you've said, which is really good. But if that deck wasn't good before, the addition of Mandan Moor may not be enough to make it good enough. There's similarly, like, there's the two new Barra Shadows cards in the new pack, which are, I think are both pretty good. Yeah, that's um, true. And I was wondering, like, can I build a like a Barra Assault from the Shadows would probably be what I wanted to do? Because I want to be able to trigger the Black Cells a lot. Um, yes. So I probably want to be able to put in random things into Shadows and bring them out, whatever they are. And, like, bringing the Red Keep out uh, after challenges is pretty good. Um, bringing the Iron Throne out is pretty funny. Just hey, I would dominance. Suck it. Um, <laughs> God, because I've lost part of Yeah, events are considered to be played when they come out of shadows, so you can bring seen in flames out of shadows, trigger the black cells, and trigger Mel. Yeah, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, so there's a lot of like interesting things, but I'm feeling like that's a big location base. It sounds slow. It sounds expensive. It sounds like it's going to get wrecked by Greyjoy. So I don't think it's going to be good enough for nationals, but it's definitely something I'm going to be building in the future. Uh, other than that, Ghost of High Hearts just a great card, right? Yeah, Ghost of High Hearts the best battle card in there. Yeah, really. Nice of the Hollow Hill. I can't imagine we'll see much of it, but mm. it's people are going to be trying it, and if we can get a deck together that we like, like you know, um, we being the royal we of the community, not just me. Uh, <laughs> um, you're like that's that's a possibility that people are playing that, so that's something to consider. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I'm. There's no really impactful cards off the top of my head. That have... There's the two Nightwatch cards that look good for... Uh, for builders? Or? For builders, yeah, unfortunately. Mm. But who would play builders? You know, you'd have to have a right deck to play, especially on a big tournament, but nationally. Okay, um, yeah, well, firstly, builders is scary, and that's just got better, which is annoying. Uh, the start cards in the new pack are really good. No surprises, as we talked no about surprises. earlier. Is really strong. Yeah, Smoker Umber is not too bad either. I was in, I'm very much enjoying the uh, the champ card heaviness of uh, <laughs> of this pack. And, you know, the worst thing about No Surprises is that it's not um, symmetrical. So, you, as the stack player, you can play it and you can play events. Yeah. Just your opponent can't play events. That seems yeah. really powerful. Yeah, yeah it's silly, isn't it? That. Yeah, it's really fucking silly, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's not even it's not a challenges action, it's an action action. Dick card. It's <laughs> fun police card, so um, I mean the, yeah, there's some there's, there's the ghost yeah, the ghost of I heart's my favourite card in that pack, but without kind of without a doubt. Um but that's not to say there aren't impactful there isn't a lot of impactful kind of stuff in there, but maybe not enough to not a massive kind of impact, which of course the battle box would have been probably too big an impact before something like a national. Right, right. In in Tyrell Conclave, yeah, yeah. You can put the Ghost of High Heart on top of your deck, and then you can uh, mark Mullendora into play to stand Randall. Yeah, yeah. As long as you've got no lore characters, well, that's pretty great tech. Not gonna mm-hmm. lie. Uh, and then it's great because uh, you can use her to draw your Conclave cards. Huh. What's not to love? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, such synergy, such synergy. There was a thread on the uh, um, the um, London Facebook group earlier on, like, what are your top 10 cards uh, across second edition? And I've put Conclave, Maester Windermere, Ghost of High Heart in there. <laughs> I'm just loving playing Conclave so much at the moment. 
uh, over the last week or so, we've it's been announced that, or it's been assumed that nationals will have some faction-specific prize support. So they announced that if you play Barra, you get an alt art Stannis and you get an alt art whatever the Barra gate is, and so on and so forth for all the factions. But there's also top of faction playmats by the looks of it. Uh, have you guys seen those? Um, yeah. I've seen them. Yeah. yeah, they look really good. I mean, even if they don't look good, it's amazing that you can get a, a one-off unique prize for supporting your house and you know going going far. You know, like if you're playing a terrible house, if you're like playing Lannister and nobody else wants to play Lannister, you know, you got a good chance of of getting that sweet prize. Very true. Do you think that will uh, encourage people to play different houses? Do you think the Barra is that nice with Stannis on it that it will encourage more people to play Barra? Barra, good already. Barra is, I think Lannister uh, uh, are the bottom tier at the moment, and other people are fighting. Uh, I'm disappointed if someone purely played Barra just to pick up on that. Well, also it's the alt art Stannises, yeah. like because so far they've shown those. It's kind of assumed that it'll be the Mountain because the Mountain's on the mat. Uh, oh. Corrin for the same reason. And it's Nymeria for Martell. Like, out of those, I want Stannis the most. Is that going to make you better? Well, it makes me think about it. Like, it depends. It? Are these going to be... I, I want those Stannis. Like, I liked playing Barra's son. I want some old art Stannises. Like, I, I don't want whatever the Tyrell card is. Unless it's, like, Mark <laughs> Mullendor. You're just annoyed that your favourite deck in the moment is Tyrell. It's, Tyrell. I, I can't tell you how weird that is. That hasn't happened ever. <laughs> I've never liked playing Tyrell. Uh, I'm sorry, Dave, I'll have a word with the people upstairs and make the Tyrell Prize. Yeah, yeah. The Tyrell Prize is Mr. Windermere. <laughs> <laughs> the best Tyrell card in the game. Just he's 3x, he's a power, power archon with stealth, what's not the love? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So my um, nitpick would be that, uh, you know, there are people who like to collect these prizes and it makes it almost impossible to collect a full playset or even 1x of the best in action prizes well that's what collectible means isn't it you know it you does yeah you can't play you can't play to earn them all you have to collect and scrimp and save and swap oh yes so yeah well the best in faction prizes look like they'll be the mats right presumably you don't want to collect all the mats no that would mats, cost you an obscene really amount is. but you might like you might be able to get the cards they'll probably be on the prize wall at Later tournaments, possibly. Maybe even this one. Yeah. We, we haven't seen the prize wall list. Although I can the imagine they'll be on the prize wall. At... You know, well, it, yeah, but it lasts all weekend, doesn't it? So they may say, right, you can trade your tickets in on Sunday for this. Because we'll, we'll probably get prize tickets from the melee as well. So it may be that you'll be able to pick some up there. I can imagine they'll go on the Worlds and Euros prize walls as well. Like later in the year. So you might be able to get them later. They may become more... Uh, they're easier to get hold of or just pay someone to play for you well i'll i mean i'm expecting to get some greyjoy promos <laughs> as the as yeah. the rent of my uh my deck of peel's deck i'll be getting some uh some greyjoy promos from him so that'd be great and hey, uh, if you're looking to get prizes then it's it's a legitimate a, a legitimate route to get those prizes is paying a friend to come and enroll in the uh nationals tournament then that's win-win, right? Because then we get more people along to take us over the uh, magic number of 50 to, you know, and we all, you know, we all know what that means. Uh, that's win-win if you end up getting more prizes, you know, more bang for your buck. 
yeah, if, yeah. if I can press gang someone I find into playing yeah. uh, to playing Thrones. I, if we get non Thrones players at Banter on Friday, then uh, we'll definitely be like, right. Who wants to? Who wants? Who wants twenty pounds? Which yeah. is actually going. He's actually yeah, going straight to to uh, Asmodee. But who wants Bailey's? Which definitely isn't free because I'm not allowed to give up free Bailey's. But who wants some Bailey's to uh, to um, enroll in this for me and give me some pro support? And they'll be like, we've been so inspired by your banter episode. Please teach us Thrones right now in Weatherspoons, and I'll play tomorrow and give you pro support. And I'll be like, great. We, we are allowed to give out free Bailey's. We just can't advertise. The yeah, that's what I mean. There definitely won't be any free Baileys. There won't be any free booze. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Bring your balls of water and uh, stay hydrated, everyone. I look forward to seeing you there. Absolutely. Is there anything else we want to discuss? Only really to to just reiterate uh, the fact that uh, the Friday night episode 100 of Band of Band of Throne will be taking place at the Toot Suite at uh, 8 o'clock at the Expo at the NEC on Friday the 31st of May. And it's going to be fucking great. And come along and bring people that don't play Thrones along as well. Uh, we'll attempt to entertain them and we'll try and fill the room as much as we can. If you're coming to play Thrones on the Saturday, don't come on a Saturday morning, come on the Friday night instead and come and hang out with us. And it's going to be a very good laugh. We're only in there for an hour, but we'll make it count. And Peel will be there if that's a fucking reason for you to come along. Maybe you weren't originally and you were like, no, no, no Peel's going to be there. That'll be great. I'll get to see everyone at the same time. Then, then yeah, basically, uh, basically we won't see as many people as we, as, as we can there because uh, I think it's going to be great. We've got a couple little surprises up our sleeve for it. Uh, it's going to be a very, very fun weekend, but uh, we're going to kick off on the Friday in style. Yeah, come along to that. And it's Friday the 31st of May? Friday the 31st of May at 8 o'clock at the NEC. Yeah.